storytellers and story listeners. My name is Izzy Rivera, Promotions Manager at Fishbowl, and welcome to the Fishbowl Podcast. Fishbowl is an open mic storytelling event at UMass Dartmouth where students come and tell true stories based on a theme. The topic changes every week, and this week's was Everything's Fine. This Fishbowl was recorded on April 24, 2019, and the host of the night was Tristan Richter. If you're new and nearby, come to the dive in the first year quad at Maple Ridge at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays to join the club. Expect stories about being not the best at school, seeing stars, being a duck, and more. We hope you enjoy the show. So, to be honest, uh, I didn't know the topic until after I was picked. Because the topic was picked after I was picked, so I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about. So I sat in my bed for like the past half hour, just drilling through my phone, trying to see if I could think of anything. Um, and the one thing that really popped up in my mind was how I deal with like really bad situations. Um, and whether they be like minor inconveniences or like actually depressing things, um, I kind of like limited it down to like three topics that really help me get through those kind of rough times. Um, the first one is seemingly dancing. Um, if you know me, nine times out of 10, I'm going to be dancing. Whether you like it or not, I will be dancing in your kitchen, in your bedroom, like in the fire in the house, I don't know. I'll be dancing. Um, and if I'm really feeling it, I'll be, I'll be singing. I'll be singing a good song. Um, it may not be on key, but I'll be singing. Um, and I feel like whenever I'm in that state, I'm always just like free flow, like I don't give a shit, I'm going for it. Um, so if you ever see me dancing and you're like, what? What's going? What's going on there? What's happening? Just, just know that I'm having a blast, and I encourage you to come dance with me. Um, moving on um, from the singing and dancing, I was, as my mother says, singing out of the womb. Um, so like every day since like she could remember, I have been trying to sing. Uh, whether that be screaming as a baby um, or me screaming now, um, I'm always singing. And something I also did when I was young was um, play a video game called The Legend of Zelda. Um, and for me, that's always the, the place I go back to whenever I want to feel secure, feel like, oh, this world sucks. We're going we're gonna to go to another for a second. Um, and I, almost any Zelda game, you, you hand me. I'll just be like, yeah, yeah, I'll play that one. Um, and it, those memories of those games always just bring me back to such a calm, peaceful place where I know, hell yeah, I'm gonna save the princess, I'm gonna be that bitch, woo! Um, and then the, the more extreme option of mine, um, whenever something really big and detrimental hits me, um, I usually keep it bubbled up for a long time uh, just because I'm always bubbly, I'm always positive, and I try not to let those kind of things hit me but usually they do, um, and they eat away at me for a while um, until there's a point where I'm like, okay, I've kept this in long enough, time to let it go. Um, and so I always watch this one movie, and it's by Studio Ghibli. Um, it's called uh, When Marnie Was There. It's uh, one of the lesser known ones, but it holds a special place in my heart. Um, every time I watch it, I'm always reminded of like this familiar place um, Maybe not of home, but like of the feeling of home. Um, the main character, she has asthma, I have asthma. Um, there's uh, kind of this weird feeling of trying to fit in, but never being able to. Um, and having just a, a reality hit you too hard. Um, so she goes away into the country for a little bit, and uh, she makes some revelations with this uh, girl named Marty, who she feels like she knows, but for some reason she doesn't. Um, and at the end of it, every time, let me tell you, I cry like a little bitch. I am in tears, sobbing, like a mess. I, I look in the mirror and I try like talking, like to get through like the tears, but I'm just like, hold on, give me it, it's, it's a mess. But afterwards, I'm always just like, oh, got that shit out of me. Time to go back to having fun. And then I usually start dancing for no reason. Um, so yeah, that's those three little things that help me Thanks, myself. Everything's going to be fine. So thank you.
I knew that I wasn't supposed to get jumped up on, so when I saw flashlights coming my way, I really thought something horrible was happening. So I grabbed my knife and I start like running the other way. And I'm like waiting for the flashlights to like go off, and they're not. And they come in and they're like going through my stuff. And I had weed and Adderall and like some other stuff that I'm, you know. And they're like, keep on going through my stuff and trying to make sure that I'm there. And I walk in and I'm like, oh, hey, hey. And they're like, Michael, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're not supposed to be this far out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, da da da. I saw Lizzie, this is not supposed to happen, whatever. They let me off the hook. The next day I was so bored, I could hear someone like playing their harmonica. And I didn't know who had a harmonica. So I kind of just like followed it. And Lizzie's wearing like this big Russian hat. And she's in her fucking shelter, bawling her eyes out. And I'm like, Lizzie, what's wrong? And I'm whispering, because if you get caught talking to anybody or meeting up with anybody, you fail the course and you're done. And she was like, dude, like, I don't know what to do. I can't get the fire going. I traded all like my cold foods for um, oatmeal. And I can't get the fire going, so I've just been eating dry oatmeal. And I was like, oh god, I'm like, are you good? And then the worst part was, I guess she had to go into the insulated shelter for a day because um, you make your shelter out of like this plastic bag thing, and you make these buttons for it that attach to like the strings. But you make you're supposed to make the buttons out of rocks or like leaves. She used cheese, which is really stupid. And I guess like I'm sure animals smelt it. And like there was a big, there was a lot. Guess, like coyotes around which I think is like I don't know how true true that could be because I feel like coyotes are really scary humans. But I guess it was enough so that the teacher brought her in. So what ended up happening is that like I did pretty well, and then they asked me to come back and volunteer. So then I volunteer the next year, and I'm like, you're supposed to go on these night walks, and I'm going on this night walk, and I fall on this piece of string, and I'm like, what the fuck? Where did this string come from? And then I followed the string, and it took like 20 minutes for me to find the string. And it was like a bunch of these kids who were really, really, really smart. They had a big thing of yarn, and they like, these two kids just walked with it. So when like we directed them to their shelters, they just had it going so they could always find each other. And it was in the middle of the trail, and obviously I was gonna trip on it. So I find them, it's like 10 of the kids, and they're all smoking. And I'm like, oh my god, what do I do? So I smoked with them. <laughs> <laughs> But then they got caught an hour later, and I'm high as shit in the shelter with the teachers, and they're all bringing these kids in, and I'm like, please don't say anything, please don't say anything, and I start fucking crying. <laughs> What's wrong? And I'm like, I just feel so bad for them. I really don't want them to get in trouble. And Mr. Tremblay found out like a couple of months later, and he was cool with it. Good, and then at the end, that fucking got me. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh my god. <laughs> John? <laughs> tell us stories. That's the whole thing. Hey everyone, I'm John. Um, so, I was going to tell an entirely different story. Um, instead, I want to talk about how bad I am at school. Um, and how often I tell myself everything's going to be fine, and for the most part it is. Um, but there's a couple times, actually, um, one really, really specific time everything's not fine. Despite how much I told myself it was going to be. Um, so this incident that I'm talking about happens in my spring semester of junior year. Um, but it actually needs to start um, the summer of my freshman year when I was awake at 2 a.m. I was awake at 2 a.m., um, it, was, it was dark out, and I had just finished playing, like, I think six hours of the Impossible Game. <laughs> like, on, online. If you don't know what it is, it's like, this, you're a square, and you just can't let a dot touch you. But they make it really hard. And so if the dot touches you, you lose, you gotta restart the level, and there's like 30 levels, and so I was, just, I was trying to get to the end, but I was stuck on level 17. I actually had like 6,000 deaths. You can, I had so many tries. I was broke. I was a broken man. So it was 2 a.m., right? I'm a broken man. I need to reevaluate every single thing that's going on in my life. And then, it slaps me. The best idea I've ever had. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a goddamn minute. Fuck the impossible game. What if there was a sketch? What if there was like a comedy sketch? Where one straight guy. <laughs> 
any superpower, and the guy goes, yeah, anything, dude, and he says, I would want to be able to eat ass. <laughs> and the other guy goes, that's not a superpower. And the other guy, yeah, it's a... Anyways, you get it, right? Um, so I think of this sketch at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, there, I need to make it. So I write it in Notepad, you know, like the default Word text document program. Um, I have the script, it's right there, I'm like, okay, now it's time to do the voices. And my parents were asleep, so I just whisper <laughs> <laughs> It's not physically possible. Yes, it is. You have a spine and a mouth and motor function. <laughs> and then after I've been whispering, I, I go to animating. And then it's, it's 6 a.m., and I finish drawing all these stick figures, and I have a two-minute little comedy sketch, and I upload it to YouTube, and that's that. <coughs> um, well, that should be that, you know? <laughs> Um, it, it was, it's actually my second most popular YouTube video, it has like 900 views, which isn't impressive by any means, but it has that many. That many people saw it. Um, uh, so it's my, so it's junior year, right? I, well, I haven't forgotten about this video, which is called Superpower. Um, it, it, it always comes up, my friends and I love it, we love making fun of it. Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the spring semester, and Jordan and I are actually in an animation class. Um, and Jordan and I hate school. And Jordan and I skip class, don't do homework, and are basically irresponsible, but together. It's brotherly. Um, it was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, but we got away with it so extremely well, except this one time there was a project due, and the project due, it was like due in April, um, so it was late in the semester. It was like we needed to make a video about um, like something important. Like we, we needed to animate uh, an ideal, something that we want for the world, something that we want changed, like, I don't know, like the plastic use in this country, or racism, or uh, isolation, who knows? Um, we just had to pick an issue and make an animation on it. And it had to be roughly a minute and 30 seconds, two and a half minutes. Um, I don't do the project. <laughs> I really don't, but it is still due. So, I mean, I have to turn in something. So I dig into the archive. <laughs> oh yeah, super fun. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. This will work out. I haven't read the rubric, so <laughs> I sent it over to Mr. Professor's email. Um, <laughs> and it's the day of the presentation, and only three people had turned it in. Myself, not you, not even you, right? I did. No, you did, and then one other kid. One other kid. Um, and so they play the this other kids first, and it's about um, plastic use in, in the ocean. So it's like a minute and a half of just sad plastic killing a turtle, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> and, and we're all like, wow, animation, you animated well, and wow, good point. Like, you clearly care about it. <laughs> and then next is me. <laughs> hey, Gerald, if you could have any superpower, what would you want to have? Any superpower? Anything to it. I would want to be able to eat ass. <laughs> you laugh. No one else did. <laughs> no one else did. There's a scene where like when it gets really, really intense where Gerald has his ass out and he's like, do it! And he's like, no, and then he screams and then he eats the ass, and no one was laughing. <laughs> And then the video ends, and I'm losing my mind. I'm just like shaking in my seat. Like, what's happening? I was losing it in the group chat. I was telling all my friends what was happening, and they were like, "Oh my god, Johnny, what have you done?" This isn't. This isn't like an important point. This isn't about something you should change. This has nothing to do with the project. It's about eating ass. It's very important. That's what I said. And the professor asked me, Johnny, why'd you make this? And I tell him like. I'm, I'm trying to make a point that it's okay to be different. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, what did, what did I say? What was it? He said to not be afraid. Yeah, to not be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't buy it. Um, but I passed, I, I definitely got like a C on the project. Um, there was this one asshole in the room who just didn't like the video. He was like, this is stupid, this is wrong, this shouldn't be graded correctly. And although he was right, fuck him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for all the details, I hate the project. He sounds like he really made some ass. Yeah. Um, so the story should end here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And guess who went through the archives again, and guess who picked Superpower again? It was me, all right? There was, a, there was a playwriting class this semester. We only had to write one play. One play do at the end, and I didn't do it. I didn't write a single thing. And then I find out I'm going in four hours. I'm like, what? <laughs> So I grab Superpower, I, I add in another scene, I, I type it up with some dialogue, change a few things up, I text my friends, James Mellon and Peter Elliott, they come in, do the voices for this radio drama, and eat each other's ass. Um, and I think it went well, I'll let you know what grade I get. Um, that was literally two days ago. Uh, but that's my story. I hope every day is going to be fun with this. I really hope. Oh my god. I think you're going to Johnny, you're my icon. Thank you. Well, James Bell. I don't think it is. Where? Where? Were you close? No, no, no. I don't think I do. Uh, hi. So, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've done some fucking dramas. <laughs> and so, one, one thing you can do is you can eat mushrooms and see the stars. <laughs> and this is one of those times. So, this, this, so, for the other, okay, listen. <laughs> If you're like an especially deep type of scumbag, then you know, like, you guys know like strains of weed, right? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's strains of shrooms. But no one knows that, because why would you, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're like, this is what you do with your life. But, you know, there's like golden caps, and there's like penis envy clothes caps, <laughs> and those are the strong ones. Those ones are like way stronger than all the other ones. But those are what we have. And these were dangerous. <laughs> these were like, these were not safe to consume. Uh, for reference, someone killed themselves eating these shrooms. No one told me this. So it was advised not to take more than me. So, I, this is, okay, so here's, here's the set. <laughs> There's this kid named Abram. Uh, and we're at his uncle's house. For no reason. Like, I don't know this kid. Like, he's just, he's like my friend's friend. I'm at his uncle's house. His uncle has a lake. We were going to play on the canoes. <laughs> but then it was raining, so we couldn't play on the canoes. But then he straight up told his uncle what we were doing. And I was like, can you just do that? And he was like, yeah, literally I just did. I was like, oh, okay. But like, I'm in this complete stranger's. I like, I don't even know how to get where I'm Like, I'm so lost. So then, it's advised us to take more than three and a half grams of these. I take five. So, <laughs> like, within an hour, I literally cannot process what's going on anymore. Like, I'm gone. Um, and my friend, I, my friend was like, hey, do you want to hang out tonight? I was like, oh, I'm at this place, but if you pick me up, I'll go get McDonald's. I'm really hungry. Because that's, like, what I always want to do, and I can never eat food. Um, so he comes and gets me. And I get to this McDonald's, and I start freaking the fuck out. This is like a truck stop. So this is not a place where you want to be freaking out. But I am like, I am, my friend John goes into the McDonald's, he comes out, and I'm on the fucking ground in the parking lot, smelling my piss in the fucking concrete like this. Just like completely losing my mind. And he's like, James, you're in a McDonald's parking lot. <laughs> he's like, he's like not tripping. He's like, you can't be doing this right now. So I get back in his car, and he drives me back to this place, wherever the fuck I am. And he's like, "Dude, don't worry, it's gonna get better. Like, it's it's gonna it's gonna be. Okay. It did not get better. <laughs> I'm so late. He's like, it's gonna get better. Just get out of the car. Let me know if you need anything. There is this girl there. Uh, he was like, just like, just try and hook up. Like, you'll be fine. So I'm like, okay, great advice. That never goes wrong. So, so I'm tripping nuts, but now I have an objective. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. This is the thing I have to do. Like, I have one job. So I find her, and I'm like, 
what's up, dude? And she's like, what's up, dude? And that's how babies are made. Uh, <laughs> but like, I was kissing this girl. This is how like fucked up I am. And her face was morphing into other faces of people I knew. And like, it never stayed in one face for too long. So I was just so confused. But then, it gets worse. So, my friend Liam, not working out for him. This is like, as, as little as it's working out for me, it's working out even less for him. So he's like, he like finds me, like, James, can you drive me home? And I was like, yeah, like, in the morning. Like, no, I need to go home now. And I was like, Liam, there's no way I can drive you home now. <laughs> I'm gonna die if I do that. And he was like, okay. So then I just leave him alone thinking it's fine. And then he finds me and he goes, James, I called my mom. And I was like, <laughs> I was like you're breaking rules one and two. <laughs> you're not supposed to call your fucking mom, dude. So eventually, I have to talk to his sister on the phone, and I'm like, Gonzo, and he, she's like, she's like, she's like, James, can you drive Liam home? And I'm like, absolutely not. And his sister's like, what's, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't even know this. So then, eventually, his mom comes and picks him up. And then the night's like kind of over, it's probably like 2, 3, 4 a.m. And I realized, I lost my keys. They're gone. <laughs> so, and I had something to do the next day. I don't remember what it was, but it had mild importance. And so, like, my mom, or not, but first I'm like looking for my keys. And no one's helping me look for my fucking keys. Like, I'm just like, guys, my keys are gone. I need to get home. And so eventually I just don't find my keys. And uh, then I have to call my mom, and she has to come get me at this like random West Plymouth location. And so that's the story of how it didn't get any fucking better. But then eventually, like a week later, it didn't matter because it was like it was over. <laughs> <laughs>
below the water. The lights are freaking out. There's bubbles everywhere. But you don't see that part of the duck. Because that's the part that's underwater. So if you are going to be the duck, it means you're going to be faced with something sad, stressful, scary. And you're allowed to be scared. The duck doesn't like suppress anything. That's not what I'm trying to say. But just on the outside, just you got to get it done. You know you have to. So just be calm. Take a deep breath. Freak out on the inside. That's fine. But be the duck. And just stay smooth. Stay, stay afloat and get from point A to point B, no matter what. And that's something that's stuck with me my entire life. I absolutely love it, and I tell it to people I care about when they go through a hard time. Just hey, be the duck. My whole life, um, there was you know, I freshman year of college, I had a girlfriend all through high school, all like three years, and we broke up. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And um, my mom. I live an hour away. She drove all the way down that night, gave me a hug, and said, be the duck. Oh. Everything's going to be right off, and everything's going to be fine. I, I love her. She's amazing. Um, I was having a really hard time in school freshman year, because high school prepared me for this. And um, <laughs> I was like, I need to change my major. I am freaking out. And I sat in amphitheater. And I walked the length of a step, went down a step, walked the next leg. And I just kind of walked the steps of the amphitheater. And I called my mom, strongest person. I, I would always go to her, like, Mom, something's got to change. And she's like, be the duck. Like, you can get through this. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be OK. And it genuinely, it really, it, it always holds a, a place in my heart. Um, and on my 18th birthday, on my 18th birthday, my mom gives me a little box. And inside, is this pocket watch. And on the front of it, it says MJK, Michael James Kilbride. And on the back, be the duck. I keep this, and I will always have it for the rest of my life until I have to give it to someone. My kid, my partner, someone I really care about. Someone's going to get this watch, and it's really satisfying to wind, and it tells the time. And I keep this watch. I bring it to a lot of different things. I will bring it to finals next week. I bring it to any, I don't really bring it to every fishbowl, but you know, I brought it to this one because it's important. I bring it to a lot of uh, presentations, like I have to speak in front of a lot of people. If I'm nervous, if I'm scared, I will, I'll bring this camping because it's dangerous. Like I will bring this anywhere that I might need to be reminded that everything's gonna be cool, just be the duck. And I hope that at some point in your life, I, I don't wish this, but we all know it's inevitable, some point in your life, you're going to be sad, scared, or stressed. And I hope that you remember to be the duck and what that means. And I hope it is meaningful. And that's my story. Can we give a more round of applause for Mike the Duck That was so good. That was so good. Anyway, 
we had a great day. We started out biking all the way across Martha's Vineyard, and we ended up at this beach, and I didn't realize it was a new beach, so that was a little awkward because Paul and I weren't really a couple. I didn't plan on seeing him naked, but okay. <laughs> It went okay. <laughs> so it's a beautiful day on the beach. We're enjoying the sunshine. Now it's time to start heading back to the house where we were staying. Now, by the way, this was before we had cell phones. And we each had our own bicycle. Paul was a little faster than I was on his bike. And also, Paul had something on the, the back of his bike that you could put storage on. And I had a little backpack or a case or something. So I had the bright idea. I said, Paul, you know, why don't I put my backpack on your bike? And he said, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's great. And, I, and it was kind of hot still, so I said, why don't you just take my t-shirt, too? So now I'm just in a bikini top and shorts. <laughs> and we're... And again, we're just riding and riding. And at one point, I kind of lose sight of Paul. But I didn't worry too much because it was just this one route, one road that we were on. I figured, well, eventually we'll just find each other. So at one point, I stopped to use a bathroom somewhere. And then I got back on the road. Well, somehow during those that break to use the bathroom, we sort of lost each other. But I just kept riding along, and now it's getting later in the day, and the sun is starting to go down, and I keep riding, and then I'm thinking, well, I'll just go to the house where I'm staying, but I didn't know the address. <laughs> and I didn't know exactly where this house was. So I'm trying not to panic, trying to think it is all going to be okay. But then I realized that I left all my stuff, all my stuff, on Paul's bike. So now I have, of course I have no cell phone because there are no cell phones, but I also have no wallet, no credit card, no money, no ID. I have nothing but the little clothes that I'm wearing. So now I'm starting to feel a little bit more nervous, realizing my predicament. So I'm riding along, and now the area starts to look a little familiar. So I think, well, maybe, I remember the street name and I'm just riding and riding and now I'm getting really tired and now it's dark and now I'm getting cold too and hungry oh by the way I also have no food and I haven't eaten since lunch so now things are looking pretty precarious and finally I ride up to a gas station and I say is there a police station around here I'm thinking what else am I going to do so he directs me to a police station, and I'm thinking, oh, good, finally, someone will be able to help me. And I walk up to this very basic, nondescript building, and I, you know, I, I'm saying, oh, great, this is great. And I look, and it looks kind of dark, and I knock on the door. It's closed. There's nobody there. So now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll just sleep here. I don't know. So I just sit down on the steps in front of the police station. And then I see this guy coming from down the street in track shorts and a t-shirt. And he's just jogging by. And as he jogs by, he sees me there and he goes, oh, can I help you? And I said, I'm just waiting for the police. And he goes, I'm the police. And I was like, oh, really? I'm, and then I just start crying. I'm lost and I don't know where Paul is. And I was on my place. So he opens a police station, and he says, let me get on the radio. You know, maybe your friends reported you. So he gets on the radio and whatever, does some communication. And he comes back, and he says, your friends reported you. <laughs> now we have their address. And I was so happy. And the police, it was a state police trooper. His name was Byron, which I still remember just because it was an unusual name. And Byron's starting to look kind of attractive to me. <laughs> so I get in Byron's cruiser, and he takes me over to my friend's house. And I said, Byron, you know, why don't you stay and hang out? My friends are 
they're clearly not that worried about me. They're eating hamburgers and grilling and stuff. And I said, you know, Byron, why don't you come in, have a burger with us? And so the story ended up that Byron and I dated for a little bit. <laughs> but luckily, in the end, I did find my friends. And I don't think I ever went by bicycling with Paul again. Did you sleep with Byron that night? No.
And my friend Ryan was like, oh, you're fine. Like, they're not going to, somebody else will take the kid. Like, you don't have to take him. And then I get a call the next day. And they're like, hey, so when are you picking Prancer up? And I was like, oh, uh, tonight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, my roommates don't know that I'm picking up this kid uh, because I told them I wasn't going to get one. So I, like, get all the stuff. And I'm like, and they're like, my roommates are like, why are you at Petco? And I'm like, oh, like, I'm just picking up stuff for the, for the cats. Like the other two, you know, because we have two more, two other cats. Totally not weird for me to be a picker right now. So I pick up all the stuff, and then I'm like, Brian, I'm running late. Like I can't go pick up the kitten. Like could you go pick him up for me, and then bring him to the house? Like we play like D and D, and it was D and D night, and I was like, when everyone's playing D and D, like nobody's gonna be mad if you bring home a kitten. Like they'll be mad if I do. So he went and picked up Prancer, brought him to my house. And my roommates were like, Shelby, what the fuck is this? And I was like, well, like, he was really scared. And, like, I couldn't leave him there. And he's really cute, guys. And you guys get to name him. So they were like, that, that doesn't make up for the fact that you brought home a kid. And I was like, yeah, but it's fine. Like, he's a good cat. Like, he'll do perfectly fine. And I was right. Everything turned out fine. My roommates love him. Like, but they named him Shu, which is like, <laughs> which is like simultaneously the best name for a kitten and like the worst name for a kitten. Yeah, his name's Shu. He's it's spelled S H U though, because they were like, we don't want to name him like Shu, like a shoe, which would have been better. So, but everything's fine. He gets along with the other cats, and everyone's happy, and we couldn't imagine our household without him. So, like, if you're ever at a shelter, you're like, I should probably not get the cat. You should probably get the cat. You should get the cat. You know, everything will work out fine. Like, this comment has already been deleted, 
but I saw it before it was gone, so. Tranny is absolutely seething in this thread. Haha, ha, remember TikTok trannies, suicide stats don't lie.
I was in my friend Pecko's apartment <laughs> recently, um, and I was with this friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name, like for privacy reasons, uh, but he's a really good friend. He's like the fifth guy I trust the most at this point. Um, and my friend Pecko's asleep on the floor. <laughs> And that's our story. 